Hey everyone, before we begin today's show, we just wanted to remind you that Dr. Ben's new book, Designed to Heal, is out and available for purchase. To book Dr. Ben for speaking engagements or to purchase the book, visit drbenrall.com. That's D-R-B-E-N-R-A-L-L.com. Now, Designed to Heal. I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. Welcome back to Design to Heal. My name is Jeff, your co-host with Dr. Ben, as always. And uh, man, got a guest on the line, and yeah. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a doozy today, man. What do we got? We're gonna go right after this because we just, for sake of time, um, we're very lucky to have our guest on today. So I don't want to just waste a lot of time. I want you to hear from him. We have Trevor Fitzgibbon on today. He is with Silent Partner. He is done. He's worked on the inside of this, you know. PR and political world and, you know, representing people and in these incredible times that we're in, I think we lay people like us, or I mean, I'm as, as a doctor, I see it in my world of healthcare and he's gotten really active during COVID because of what's happened to doctors and censorship and smear campaigns. But his perspective is so unique because he's in it. We just see like the output of it, right? We see the headlines, we see this. And so Trevor, I, I'm just so thankful that I listened to an opposite, an episode that you did on Cheryl Atkinson's podcast. And I love her. We've had her on the show before and I just love her approach to the news and I listened to you and I was like, I don't know, salivating is the right word, but I was like, this guy is like, we need to talk. So I reached out. You were very generous to respond and get on the show. I know you got a lot going on, but welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. So will you I'm tell glad you guys are out there? Will you tell us a little bit about your work, a little bit about your story, and then we'll dive into the times that we're in because you've just got fascinating stories, but just give us a little bit about the quick and dirty, what you do, what you've done, and then we'll dive in. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, you know, I uh, grew up in Seattle, um, was an environmental organizer for years, used to blockade logging roads when they were trying to cut down these thousand year old trees in the Pacific Northwest. Um, then uh, dropped out of college, uh, went to work for Ralph Nader, um, lobbied Congress on public interest campaigns and environmental campaigns. And then um, uh did environmental work and then started working for WikiLeaks and ran their PR and media relations in the United States for about five years, working with Assange, um, worked with Glenn Greenwald and Edward Snowden to get out those disclosures when Snowden went public. Uh, had a big firm, a PR firm, took a hit, got falsely accused of crimes I didn't commit, was cleared. Of all the allegations, I sued, I won. Uh, but you know, when when they take you out, they take you out. Yeah. So it's been a rebuilding <laughs> period. And I, lately, I've been working um, still with WikiLeaks, but but also with um, a lot of uh, truth tellers, doctors that have been working on COVID yeah. and working to um, get the get the facts out about COVID. Um, as well as uh, working in, in Ukraine uh, okay. to try to blow up the information operation going on uh, about you going on regarding Ukraine. 
So one, so, of, the um, th- one of the things, Trevor, that is fascinating, and I don't want to pigeonhole you like this, so if this isn't accurate, please correct me. But, you know, you're, you're more of a, a, a progressive, more of a, a liberal. I don't mean that derogatory, right? Just that's maybe right, more right, your, right. your lean. And then we saw this happen. I'm going to put this in the COVID where we saw kind of this, you know, I mean, the jokes always <laughs> right over during the COVID time was it was like eh, never seen a virus that had political views. Right. But it was like, hey, if you were if you were more on the left, it was you were pro jab, you were pro lockdown, you were pro this. I'm, I'm generalizing here. And then on the right, it seemed to be more the opposite. I'm in Florida. So we had Governor DeSantis here, yada, yada. But then I hear you and I just hear this guy that Yes, and you know, protect the environment. Yes, this and you had a quote on the Cheryl's episode that I laughed at. You're like, I don't know. I just lately find myself identifying more with the conservative perspective. And you didn't say meaning that you're a conservative, but what happened during this time, or what is it that shifted with you? Because I think there's a lot of people. I have family members in my life that I go, man, how come they can't see it? And then you were like this unicorn that came out when I listened, and I'm like, how come he can see it? Okay, and again, I might be kind of generalizing or stereotyping here, but I have to imagine you being more from the left, if you will, and then going, hey, guys, I can't be the only one seeing this. What was your journey on this? How did you come to this perspective? Well, you know, I think um, it it always works both ways, you know, like historically, when you look look at it, it it always goes both ways. It's a a nonpartisan partisanship, right? It's... um, (laughs) It's it's uh, you know, I remember during the run up to the Iraq war and I was going head to head against Rumsfeld and mm. the, the Bush White House, which was, you know, probably one of the greatest psyops of all time, where the administration used 9-11 as a justification for invading Iraq. Every time the president mentioned 9-11, he mentioned Saddam Hussein. Mm. Every time he mentioned Iraq, he mentioned 9-11. And, you know, Iraq had nothing to do with with uh with 9-11 and you're not so, saying that like as a conspiracy theorist guy you're just stating facts that we now know yeah it's like COVID, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, right I'm just, uh, yeah 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 I'm, I'm just i'm, I'm totally stating facts right <laughs> so back then like back then um you know you didn't have a lot of members of the republican party calling out the bush administration on 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 mm-hmm. what they were doing with this and they were silent on Iraq. It took years later and how many people dead, how many trillions of US taxpayer money wasted, right? Right. Um, Fast forward, you know, you've got COVID or you've got Ukraine, you know, and uh, where we've literally allied ourselves with literal Nazis in Ukraine, right? With the Azov Battalion, et cetera. If you would have told me that we'd be closer to a thermonuclear war mm. under uh, a Biden administration as opposed to a Republican administration, I'd say you're nuts. But here we are. And it's crazy. I don't get it. Um, so I, I just it, say didn't, one, it one, didn't surprise you, because because you have been, and I say on the inside, you just are in rooms and conversations that most of us don't get to have. You've seen the creation of narratives. You've seen how to spin. Maybe even people hire you. To spin, and that might mm-hmm. not be fair. I don't know the best way of saying this. It's not my world. Well, but, it's, yeah. I mean, they, they do, and it's laughable because we're so, uh, I mean, it, it's so, we are such little peas <laughs> in this giant garden. It's insanity. I mean, you have to understand there's been a fundamental shift. Okay. 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 This is what's, this is, this is the biggest takeaway, in my opinion. Yeah. Over the past, I'd say 20 years, but really the past, 
five to six years, it's become clear and accelerated. Um, information operations are so powerful today. Define that. Will you, about will you define that, Trevor? Because yeah, yeah, I love yeah, that yeah, term. Yeah. yeah. When you say that, what do you yeah, mean? No worries. So, for example, um, I have a friend, uh, Lara Logan, and her husband, Joe, uh, used to set up information operations in Iraq and Afghanistan. And these are – this is uh, narrative warfare. This is where you have a message. You want to get it out. The idea isn't to just get people to think a certain way. It's to get a population to act a certain way. Okay. It is a very powerful narrative. They do this through narrative, through messaging, through advertising, through soap operas. I mean, you know, the U.S. military was air was was creating and running soap opera series in Iraq during the war, right? And this Where again is a real thing. Like, there's meetings that happen. They say, "We here's oh, the objective. Yeah. We want to get this change to happen in the culture." Here's the 84 things we're going to do to make that happen. And I'm just generalizing Ab here. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they've got all the money in the world. So okay. information operations were predominantly really kind of used in times of war, uh, like Iraq, Afghanistan, etc. When you were trying to change a population, it was used heavily in Ukraine back in 2014, 2016 with the Maidan um, and with the coup when the U.S. government uh, under the Obama administration, orchestrated the coup that overthrew the democratically elected government in Ukraine that was friendly towards Russia. We overthrew that government. We funded it, right? And that happened predominantly because of these heavy, heavy information operations where all you hear from social media to television to radio is, is essentially just a narrative. It's lies. Uh, it's misinformation, getting the public and a population to think one thing that's opposite of reality. So now today, what we have in the U.S., and you can you know go to any intelligence official. I mean, it's on YouTube where you have you know the U.S. Uh, U.S. Army Office of, of of PSYOPs, PSYOPs Command in North Carolina. They talk about this along with these big contractors like Narrative Strategies, these big consulting firms, where they are working together and they live in their mind, and this is important to think about, it, it just contextualizes, in their minds, they operate and work in what they call a post-factual reality. Post-factual reality. In other words, the facts don't matter because they believe in their ability to create information operations that are so strong and psyops, you know, events like Unite the Right in Charlottesville, right? Or J6 in the Capitol, like which was a federal op fed operation, right? They believe in their ability to create these events that will shift and impact the, the public opinion so much that it will it will make the facts of any situation irrelevant. Hmm. And that people will vote and people will act based on emotion, which the U.S. government, the intelligence community, major corporations, political parties believe that they can impact uh, and have a more profound effect than, than facts. Okay. And if you notice, like right, yeah, right yeah. before they, yeah. they right before they brought in COVID, right? What they do? They took out Assange, right? Mm. Assange has been Milo Boss has been silenced now. For the past few years. Mm. And um, and there's no, you know, I yeah. think there's no um, 
question as to why that is. You know, they, yeah. they don't want WikiLeaks getting out truth. Do you? So you said something also, because I think the next question that would come up, and I think there's a part of people that want to believe when you said this, you know, this post-factual reality, you know, there's this, um, I think there's some people that would want to believe, well, they're doing this for the greater good. They're doing this because they have such a strong belief that they're saving the world or saving the planet or enter in some narrative. But your position, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you said, one of the biggest things you've had to kind of come to the reality of or the conclusion of, especially going through it yourself, was there is a, a, a cabal, right? There's a group There's a group that wants to dictate this thing, and it's not for the greater good. It's not for me or your benefit. It's not for the good of people in general. Is there? A, do you want to speak more to that? Because I think we're all asking the same question, Trevor, which is like, what the flip, right? Why are they doing this? Why is this happening? What's the end game? And I'm not saying you know all those answers, but... You know, what's your perspective on it? I do think there's a cabal. Um, and, and you know, when you have BlackRock sitting on the boards of directors of Coke and Pepsi, right? Yeah. These are folks, you know, Soros is such a bit player, right? There are folks that, that have so much wealth and finance, financial institutions like BlackRock where they want, you know, they sit on both sides and they want us arguing with each other, Right. They want us to fight against one another. Like they have no care or interest in one side or the other. They just want the fighting because that allows them to get away with what they're doing. So for example, with COVID yeah. um, and, and, you know, sterilizations throughout the continent of Africa. Yeah. Right. Um, and we're going to start seeing more and more of that. I think we're starting to see more and more of it now. But, but, you know, you, you just you can't understate the power of the information operation. It, it, you know, I really came into it right after, and, you know, I was taken out because of it, right after the DNC leak, um, uh, when we, WikiLeaks released the DNC emails between the Clinton campaign and the DNC that showed how they literally rigged the entire primary process against Bernie Sanders. And I was now, a you're, Sanders you're supporter. coming at this and I, I wanted just people to appreciate this because again, just because it has become so political, I mean, you're a, a, a you know, on, more on that side, more of a, a left guy. And you know, you're just choosing your candidate that, that you like there. Like it was, it was, it wasn't a, a Trump saying that this person Biden cheated or Biden saying Trump cheated. It wasn't that it was in its own party. So, I mean, it's almost like you're looking at, you know, you're, you're the people that you would align with going, what the heck, right? One of my people attacked one of like, and, and maybe I'm not saying that the right way, but that was that one of those like mind blowing moments. Like, oh my gosh! Like, regardless <laughs> if you want to vote for Hillary or vote for you know, um, uh, you know, uh, Bernie, you know what I mean? Like to see that happen yeah. had to break your heart. I, 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 it didn't. I, you know, I had been at war with Hillary for a long time <laughs> because I represented I represented Manning, uh, Bradley Manning, mm, mm. who blew the whistle on. Uh, you know, was right. with the source for Julian in regards to uh, the 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 Iraq war logs and right. the Apache helicopter that gunned gunned down innocent civilians, including two journalists in Iraq. Uh, I saw the power of Hillary and and how how powerful she was. I, I had seen everything that was going on mm. in Ukraine, uh, which was just incredible. Uh, I mean, uh, the information operation on Russia came out of Ukraine. You got to understand Joel Harding, who is the king of the information operations. He's the guy who perfected it. He's the guy who runs it right now. 
uh, on Ukraine for the entire West, uh, meaning the whole Western part of the world. Uh, he is the one who came up with the Russian hacking narrative. And, um, and the DNC hired him to bring that over and export it over to the United States. Uh, those are all Ukrainian uh, uh, social media folks. So you weren't so, surprised when uh, this latest Ukraine yeah. thing, like this was like, this was no surprise what's going on right well, now. No, I was surprised, mm -hmm. man. I got to tell you, I was surprised because I didn't think that the information op would be so powerful mm -hmm. that we would literally, that the Dem my friends would be defending the U.S. allying itself with Nazis. Mm. And when you have, you know, I mean, you got to remember, leading up to the war before this war started, like, you know, from The Guardian to Time Magazine to the AP, and just go on YouTube. They're all right there. Like, you know, just type in white supremacist training camp for kids in Ukraine. Mm. <laughs> right? there, there's video after documentary after documentary about how literally the Azov Italian white nationalists have have control of Ukraine. And so I thought there's no way mm. we're going to do that. But it's really made me understand more. I just I, I learn more every day. It's like, you know, the whole Russian hacking narrative. Back then, I thought that this was just such a power play for the Clintons, okay. right? That Hillary needed something to, mm. to, to blame. As to why she yeah. ran such a miserable campaign, and 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 and, but that wasn't it. It, it wasn't just that. Mm. It was because they needed to sour Russia in the minds of Americans and poison the Rus the country Russia in the minds of Americans, so that we could be at the point we're at right now, mm. which is literally on the verge of a thermonuclear war. You know, we, and and it, and and it's insanity. You 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 make perfect thing. I'm listening to you. I was like, man, do you feel like we live in a movie sometimes, right? It's like, I feel like I'm living in a theater and I, I don't even want to be in the movie and I'm in this movie by, you know, default 100%, of, of what, you know, these people that are, you know, making these decisions, you know, the Joel Hardings of the world or, or whatnot. I want to, with the limited time that we have, I want to get your thoughts on um, a little bit of thoughts on, on the COVID narrative, because I, it, it's, it's a metaphor. It's, it's another example of this, right? It's another example of yeah. everything that you're talking about. You're doing some things, um, to, you know, and thank goodness for people like you, Trevor, because, you know, yes, you've gone through hell and probably more to come, but, you know, thinking you, you said something on the podcast that really, uh, made me think about that. You said, you know, when you, when you've gone through like things like Bobby Kennedy's gone through or that you've gone through and you survive that, right. You said it's like the, the gift or the beauty of being accused or smeared, right. That it's, yeah, that was, that was Julian's last public speech. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. The, the, it was so beautiful. Um, and I, I kind of, if I had it on me, I would bring because it up. Because that read mentality, it. when you, when you've served, when you've, when they've done the worst that they can to you, or in biblically, it reminds me, it's like when they, they're going to kill Paul. And Paul's like, if that's all you got, you know, I heard an interview with Bobby the other day. He's like, there's worse things than dying. When you get to that point, right, where they've tried everything. Yeah then you're the you're the most dangerous person in the world because they've already tried to do it. So COVID scared so many people. I mean, it scared people from COVID, but it scared people from speaking out. I'm a doctor, I'm a chiropractor. So for me, it's a little easier because we've always been thought of as quacks. You know what I mean? So like people are a little more open to chiropractors speaking out. 
But um, what have you seen? And then you're doing things to, to, to fight this. And you're, you're on the inside. You're helping some of the people, people that I know uh, behind the scenes and otherwise to, to hold this line. But you actually have a project that you're working on. Can you tell us your take on COVID? Um, and maybe and I, Did you know right away it was crazy? Did you smell it right away? Or, or what's your take on the COVID situation? Well, first of all, I, um, I had COVID, uh, COVID, uh, I had COVID, um, a couple of years ago, right before Christmas, before the vaccine came out at any rate, um, I had COVID, I was coming back right after the election, uh, right after, uh, Biden was inaugurated. I, or right before he was inaugurated, I was driving back down to my home down South. And I uh, was by myself and I was driving. I was overcome with sickness. And I ended up, uh, I talked to my friend who's a doctor. He told me to check into either Duke or Chapel Hill. So I went to the ER at Duke. That was the first hospital I came to. I'm a Heels fan. I hate Duke. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I went there and um, uh, went into the ER. They diagnosed me with severe COVID and severe pneumonia. And then they sent me on my way 45 minutes later without any treatment. Mm. And I got back to my Red Roof Inn across the highway and was chasing my last breath. I was about to die. Wow. And the doctor called me back and said, what treatment did they give you? And I said, they didn't give me anything, which they didn't. They didn't give me aspirin. They didn't give me anything. Wow. They just sent me on my way. He was livid. He ended up calling up the head internist at Duke in the ER and just, just laying into him and said, this kid's about to die. You need to send an ambulance. Mm -hmm. So they did. They came and got me, sent me back to the ER. I went straight up to the ICU where I spent eight nights. And um, they finally gave me the, the doctor's protocol, which he had asked for them to give me. So I had this protocol. Again, they didn't have a vaccine at that point. And um, I, I took the protocol. And after eight nights, I walked out of there and I survived. I got back home. It was right around Christmas. I was so livid. I was angry because I thought to myself, how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have died because they weren't offered any treatment. Yeah. They were they were offered no treatment whatsoever. It's like if you didn't, they didn't have the vaccine yet. They weren't giving any treatment to anybody. And so literally millions of people around the world are dying because doctors are too afraid to give protocols. They're too, they, they won't do it. And so I wrote an op-ed. It got published in uh, Real Clear Politics. My friend uh, Carl Cannon's the editor there, and he published it, which is great. That circulated widely, and it got into the hands of Peter McCullough, okay. Robert Malone, right. and they called me up and said, we want to hire you. And so that's how I started doing PR for these folks, Fast forward, I've spent some great years with Steve Kirsch and the mm -hmm. Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. Um, and now, so some of that was just trial by injured. fire. Like you, I mean, you got thrown into it by your own experience, but then also you're learning from these guys. You're in the conversations, you're hearing the science, totally. you're hearing the research. Maybe even, you know, at some point, maybe some of it probably surprised you. I'm sure at some point you went like, holy crap, this is happening in healthcare too. Like, you know, you knew the political side, you knew some of the, yeah, and now you're going, the what's same the flip? Type of yeah. Yeah, the same type of uh, blacklisting that was being done to whistleblowers that I worked with, right? Like from Manning to Snowden to whoever. I saw the identical same thing happening to these doctors. A guy like Peter McCullough, who's right. one of the most you know, celebrated, incredible doctors out there. You know, if we look at Kirk Moore, the guy I'm working yeah. with right now. He's in jail, yeah. right? He's in Utah in jail right now 
because uh, because he wouldn't hand over his DNA sample. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, and he's been indicted for giving saving lives for yeah. giving fake vaccine shots at the request of the parents. Yeah. And uh, st- stand for I think it's standformore.com. People should go there, make a contribution, help him pay for his legal fees. He is hurting right now. The feds are after him because he saved kids' lives by giving them the fake vaccine shot at the request of their parents. Um, but anyway, so the doing all this stuff, and and now we're about to embark on a brand new project that's going to launch uh, tomorrow, awesome. and it's 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 called uh, the Global Global Health Project. And what's really awesome is it takes on COVID, but from um, but from a, a, a unique perspective, which is it's doctors. And these are doctors that have not been public, mm. but doctors from around the world are stepping forward and acknowledging the mis- they're, 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 they're facing a reckoning. Mm. They are acknowledging the mistakes that were made during the pandemic and the broken trust between them and their patients. Mm. And they want to rebuild the trust. They want the, the, the public to take ownership over their own health as well. Uh, they're not, and, and these doctors aren't going to believe just the data Fauci mm-hmm. spits out. They want to look at the data themselves as well. And um, it's it's a great thing, and it's a real unique way to look at the mistakes that were made during the pandemic and ensure that never again does it happen. And Mickey Willis, the brilliant filmmaker, yeah, yeah. you know, who did Pandemic, he shot this eight-minute ad and uh and it's it, you can see it in the academy awards it is phenomenal and that's gonna debut uh they're gonna premiere it at the um, okay the event Friday. at pen pandemic yeah. but but they're gonna um we're gonna start getting it out there tomorrow man you know i i as i'm listening to you a little bit number one just thank you for all that you do and are continuing to do and for just being being brave, and maybe you don't even like that term. You were thrust into it to some degree. I am. I'm just a regular guy, man. The, I'm literally just a regular guy. <laughs> you know when you see like a, my wife's an attorney and my sister's attorney. You know when you see like the billboard and it says, uh, "I used to work for the other guy," you know, right? And now I'm on your side, yeah. kind of thing. And sometimes those are the best ones because they know they know the game, you know. And so to have a guy like you that has worked on all these variety of projects, seen the good, seen the bad, seen the ugly, seen the game, <clears throat> you know, thank you for for coming. <clears throat> to the help of these doctors many of those people you're talking about are my friends people we've had on the show i'll be at mickey's event down there we've had mickey on the show a few times and and i just we we, we need all of us right we need people to stand up like you said and, and none of us are none of us are it right none of us got it figured out we're thankful for the brave people that are standing up a guy like you know like bobby kennedy who's thrown his hat in the oh, ring yeah. who doesn't need to throw his hat in the ring who doesn't hey, need that's this, who i support you know i'm working is, on a soup i'm i'm putting together a super pack for him right now i am yeah all kennedy and he's all supporter. been always been so thank he's always been supportive of, of holistic care medical freedom you know and and i'm so grateful for that but but sometimes we you not sometimes in in the day that we are in they just can't Unfortunately, right? You can't trust what you read. Do you have a final? We have two minutes. Do you have a final thought for our listeners to either a, fa- a favorite resources or just um, you know, uh, Cheryl often says whatever they're telling you is uh, misinformation is a good place to start is probably the truth. She'll say that kind of stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What do you, you know, say look, to people that are listening stay, to this? Stay informed, man. Independent journalism is where it's at. Every day, I'm. If, if when I want to know about Ukraine every single day, I'm tuned into the Duran, 
which is the best uh, uh, independent media in regards to covering what's actually factually going on in Ukraine. It's called the Duran, D-U-R-A-N. Okay. Um, uh, guys like Glenn Greenwald. Yep. You know, you know, uh, your show, Cheryl sure. Atkinson. Blair Logan is yep. one of the tr- most most incredible truth tellers out there. Um, and I, I want to say one quick thing. Yeah, you were asked me what, you asked me a question earlier about like you know you see yourself now on the other side. Yeah. You know when I was representing um, when I was representing uh, Snowden, and Snowden came out with all of this stuff. You know, like before during the Bush administration, I fought for eight years alongside brothers and sisters who were trying to hold the Bush White House accountable for the lies and weapons of mass destruction and all that yeah. stuff and the justification they gave for the for the Iraq war. Well, fast forward to, you know, Snowden comes out with the disclosures how under Obama's watch, right, yeah. we have the most insane, in you know, uh, surveillance program that we've ever had. We also have, um, uh, you know, I mean, people thought Obama was soft on terror war or whatever. I mean, that's, that's was total ridiculous. I mean, he took... You know, JSOC and put it on steroids, right? The Joint Special Operation mm-hmm. uh, Command. I mean, the number of targeted killings, night raids, mm-hmm. uh, tar- targeted assassinations under the Obama administration was was far beyond anything the Bush the Republicans had ever done. But I think it helped spread ISIS, right? I thought it was a horrible policy. But at that time, when Snowden goes public on this stuff, you think like, okay, we're going to stand for principles as Democrats, mm-hmm. right? This yeah. is truth and transparency. Uh, you think that they would embrace it? Not at all. Like they not only didn't want to support Snowden, they resented Snowden and resented people like me who were working with him and supporting him, et cetera. Kind of like the vaccine, right? Mm. It's interesting how like, you know, Democrats supposed to look out for the little guy. We always go after, you know, Fox guarding the hen house, corruption type stuff. Well, why are we? Why is the Democratic Party silent on the fact that that big pharma is indemnified? So if your kid dies from the vaccine, you have no recourse, right? It makes no sense. Yeah. And what I've come to realize is that I think for a lot of these folks, and what the right, the left, yeah. every they're all similar. It's all about the power grab. They want political power, and they're willing to sell out their principles to get it. And that's what I'm not about. Mm. And I will fight against that for the rest of my life. And then you look at a guy like Bobby Kennedy, and he can show you that you can be a progressive, right? Yeah. But also stand for the truth. Yeah. And 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 that's somebody that's something that he, he he's doing and you know. And I think he's there's know, not a lot of us. No, yeah, that's the you know, it's funny even when <laughs> it's funny because he's I raising say, money though. I heard he's raised five million, which is huge. Beautiful. You know, it's it's going to take, like any of these great, whatever this is that we're in, whatever this thing is, they call it a movement or this this thing, um, it's always going to be this group of people that that are willing, I don't even know, because it makes it sound like people are saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm more courageous or brave. That's not what we're talking about. Just It just always seems to be, it's a, it's you get a Bobby, you get guys like you, you get the Dells and the McCullers and all these great doctors and 
community, you know, community organizers that stand up and say, Hey, it reminds me of the show, the network, right? The, the guy, right. I'm mad as hell. I'm yeah, not going to yeah, take yeah, it yeah. anymore. Like there just is this point where you say enough is enough. And you know what? We're, you know, I know you're friends with Pierre Corey. Like he's got some great positions on this as well, where he's just said, and he's, he's just fully gone down the metaphorical rabbit hole. He woke up, you know, as big as you can wake up. Totally. And he went, I'm not doing this anymore. I want to be part. I had him on the show one time and he was like, I, I said something like, what do you think about like being part of modern medicine? He goes, I'm not part of modern medicine anymore. It's a mess. Like, I don't even want to align yeah. myself in it anymore. Right. And, and so talk about a cabal. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what Trump, Trump needs to get with God when mm. it comes to COVID. Mm. Amen. He needs to, he needs to get with God when it comes to COVID because he's not going to win unless he gets with God when it comes to COVID and, and, and acknowledge that he yeah. made a mistake Yeah. and, and he was given bad information but he really needs to do that if he wants to win. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of disaffected Trump voters that I think could go right over to Kennedy. It's going to be a crazy ride, man. Well, hey, buddy, I know you got a lot going on. We're thankful for your work, thankful for standing for truth, for being one of the brave ones out there. And like you said, left or right or whatever that is, I hate the terms even. But the fact is, yeah. we love truth. We can agree on truth. Truth truth cuts right to the right to the heart of it. So thank you for illuminating. We need a truth. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, buddy. we need a truth party, man. We need a truth party. There you go. Forget the, that partisanship. Let's just stand for the truth. Amen, man. Hey, I appreciate you and stay in touch. We'll talk soon. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.